Hi, this is Mike Connell, and welcome to the AAEP Practice Life Podcast. We've got a great subject today with some very special guests. What we're going to talk about today is what new practitioners wish they knew or the lessons they've learned um, as new vets working for practice. And to counterbalance that, we have some guests uh, talking about what they have encountered with new vets joining the practice and any words of advice they may have for uh, other practitioners who are welcoming on new vets to the practice. So let's in a, meet our panel today. So first of off, um, we have uh, Dr. Jenna Donaldson. Welcome, Jenna. Hi there. Thanks, Mike. I graduated in 2013 from the Ontario Veterinary College in Guelph, and I am currently working at Rhinebeck Equine in New York. Excellent. And our other, I would say, new veterinarian is Dr. Zach Lopnow. Zach, welcome. Thanks, Mike. Uh, glad to be here. I graduated from the University of Minnesota in 2017, uh, completed an internship, and now I'm working at that same practice as an associate uh, at Anoka Equine in Minnesota right now. And then finally, we have Dr. Ernie Martinez. Welcome, Ernie. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? I'm excited to be here tonight. Uh, I'm a 2003 grad from Oklahoma State. Uh, I'm in Lexington, Kentucky at Haggerty Equine Medical Institute. Um, I did an internship right out of school. Uh, I've stayed on and uh, now I actually oversee our intern extern program. Uh, so thanks for having me tonight. Excellent. So you probably definitely have some perspective on the, the newer grads as they come into practice. And I'm uh, Mike Connell. I graduated 2001 from the Ontario Veterinary College. And we have in our practice have added a new vet seems like every year. So we've got quite a bit of experience with new vets as well. And the one thing we'll make sure we touch upon is, Zach, it was interesting that you did your internship um, at the same place where you're working at. So that'll be an uh, interesting discussion points. So, so, Jenna, let's start with you. So um, you've started practice. You finished your internship. Um, if you look back on it now, what was the one thing, one or two things you wish you know, knew then that you know now? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. And the thing that stands out to me the most, I think, was probably common for a lot of vet students but maybe for a different subset of graduates it come it's much more comes much more naturally and so for me I went right to undergrad out of high school and right to vet school and I didn't take really any time off and so I had small jobs but not any hugely significant one and so for me it was a steep learning curve with the client communication side of things I think I came out of my internship being very comfortable with the medical skills, and I generally knew what to do with the horse in every in most of the situations that I encountered. But it was the biggest struggle was how to communicate that to the clients. And I think for some people that maybe have came to that med as more of a second career, that probably comes a little bit more easily. But for me, that was the biggest learning curve, and it, and it came with time. It just came with time and with practice and with getting more of my own clientele and my own caseload and, and getting busier and it has gotten easier and easier and it's it's fun working with the interns and helping them out with that. I really try and focus on that when I have them in the truck with me. I really try and get them experience talking to clients and talking through different scenarios because I found that was something that I really lacked in my internship. Interesting. So was there like a positive moment, like the light bulb that went off that you're like, oh boy, I wish I knew this? Not so much. I don't know if you mean in terms of I reached some point and I said, okay, this is, I've kind of figured this stuff out, but more just sometimes I would be talking to clients 
and realizing I can um, reading their facial expression and their in their body language and just knowing that they weren't really quite grasping what I was trying to get across to them and feeling like that was probably impacting their ability to make decisions for the horses and their ability to follow through. Whereas like, for example, I could explain, like I knew exactly what was going on with the colic and what they needed to decide. But as far as explaining the options to them and helping them make the best informed decision that they could, maybe the follow through wasn't quite there. And especially for more complicated cases that needed more in-depth thought and um, decision-making, I guess that was, the type of situation that I felt that I felt like the clients weren't quite getting as much as they needed from me that I've definitely learned a lot in that department. That's very interesting. How about you, Zach? What's your experience on that? Yeah, you know, I guess I would kind of fall in line with Jenna's sentiments on that. And, and that client communication was probably the biggest mountain to climb coming out of school. You know, one of the, one of the, I guess, light bulb moments, if you want to want to term it as that is, is dealing with, some of these client expectations uh, that they have of, of a veterinarian coming onto a farm, you know, you see a case, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, lameness or an emergency or uh, internal medicine, that type of thing. Uh, and all these clients have some amount of expectation of what they're looking to get out of that appointment. And, and I think a challenge, at least for me, and, and I would, I would think for most new graduates is to really, gauge those expectations, understand where they are, and then and then develop that art of managing the expectations of that client uh, so that regardless of how that appointment comes out, they're still find, they still find themselves satisfied with the end result, even though it may not be an end result that they particularly want. They feel like they've gotten their concerns addressed. They feel like they've been heard and that you are doing something to, to help their animal. And that's certainly... Um, you know, hit a couple of different times for me where it was address this case, uh, whether it was emergency, it most frequently was an emergency on the internship side of things, just because that's the nature of the beast. Uh, but, you know, they, they're looking for someone to, to pull them out of this, this, this fire, this emergency, this, this critical situation. And if you don't recognize that, if you don't address those concerns, it can get very frustrating for those clients very quickly. And I think it would have been beneficial, you know, coming into practice to have someone say, this is something you need to address. You need to be aware of right away that they're going to have these preset expectations in that experience and you need to be aware of them. You need to manage those expectations and, uh, and come through for them so that they feel like they've been heard. Very interesting. So we've got communication and managing expectations. So on the flip side of that, uh, Ernie, you've dealt with, I mean, deal with a, uh, a lot of new vets every year at Haggard. Um, what are some of the things that you notice with new vets that, um, in general, that um, you, you wish they knew before they started in practice? Communication is very important, and I think the mentorship side really helps that. Hopefully, you're going and you're starting out somewhere where there's a seasoned doctor or two to kind of guide you through those emergency cases if you need it, or, you know, while you're discussing options and possibilities with the client if you have somebody to you know I think a client would appreciate a lot if you know say hey I'm not quite sure you know let me check with you know the senior doctor that they're maybe more familiar with or that they dealt with last week before you started your internship um, but that kind of just you know that effort is pretty reassuring to the client that you know they still know that you know Dr. So-and-so senior is involved in the case they know what's going on they're involved um, that might help alleviate some of the client's fears, but that communication um, and the mentorship really help 
prepare you for those client interactions. And I think a lot of times what I think we do, what I hope we're doing, you know, is interns when they're in a situation with a senior doctor and a client that they're involved in all the discussions and the communications of the case so they can see and learn how the senior doctor kind of lays out what the options are, what we're going to do, what the outcomes are. You know, they can hear both sides of the conversations or the phone calls for those cases. So they get that exposure to not only the veterinary medicine part of it, but then the client communication teaching as well. So they can hear what the veterinarian's saying to the client. They can hear back what the client's saying to them, what questions they have. And then the next time they're out on that emergency or a different case, they'll, you know, they'll have the veterinary experience to fall back on as well as the client communication piece. Fantastic. So at, at Hager's Equine, do you have uh, anything special set up for these new interns or new grads that join your practice to, to help with this, or just that everybody just knows they've got to mentor and help guide these young vets to the right path? We assign everybody to a, kind of a senior mentor, and we have some uh, a lot of good kind of continuing ed or you know complimentary lectures and practice rounds, which are in pretty formal in pretty informal to kind of give you know not only just you know the vet med part of it, but the expectations and the communications and you know make sure you remind the client about this make sure you leave you know clear instructions on the treatments and stuff that they're supposed to give um, discuss possible complications that may come up after you leave or when they should call you back or you know when the fever gets to be x y and z you know you should call me or if you see this so we try to incorporate it all into we get the young young grads out you know to get the practical experience but we're trying to give them challenges that they're going to see you know, kind of in, a, in an informal discussion type setting, talking about it, you know, at least hopefully before they see it out there on their own. Interesting. So I have a, a left field question for you, Ernie. You've been out for a bit. Do you remember yourself when you first joined practice that you wish you knew or what surprised you about practice outside of the medicine? Uh, that's a good, I was thinking about that all day long. <laughs> And I had a birthday last week and I was feeling old. And when I didn't come up with too much right away today, it really, really sunk in. I just kind of, I fall back on just kind of always remembering that you can have a case kind of go bad or you can, you know, make some mistakes, some treatments or some diagnoses and, you know, maybe stumble a little bit in that respect, probably still get called back. But I think, you know, we're just remembering to always, you know, the manners and the people skills. You can probably do a lot more damage with bad people skills poor behavior around your clients or poor communications than you can um, sometimes with bad veterinary skills. I think they'll, they'll remember you more, you know, if you're in there with a bad attitude or you're yelling and screaming, um, you're not treating the help right, you're not communicating well. I think, you know, they can remember you for that a lot more than they would if, you know, you had trouble hitting the vein or, you you know, it took you a while to get the horse tubed, you know, what have you. I think, you know, just that, that stuff's crucial. Soft skill. I, I remember here tonight talking about it. No, I remember. I, I just as Jenna was talking, it just triggered in me. It was like I remember when I was first in practice, just realizing that perception is reality, and you'd be in a case, and you've done the right thing medically, but whether it was communications or something went awry, and they believe what they want to believe, and no matter how much I thought that I did the right thing, it was the right thing medically. They didn't perceive it that way, and that was the new reality. And it took me a while to realize that, you know, it's just because you did things the right thing medically doesn't mean the client's going to accept it as the best way. 
and in hindsight, I learned that uh, it is the communication skills and some communication skills that I might have lacked that really didn't help. So, yeah, I always come back and I always talk to our newer vets is that that's going to be the big shock is when you realize that perception becomes reality. So, Zach, very curious with your own situation, and I guess it's probably an advantage doing an internship where you're, you're having your first job post-internship because you, you, you know the system. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, that's something that I think a lot of new graduates face twice in their career. And I, I was very fortunate to only have to face it once in that you are being introduced to a, a new subset of clients in in terms of having to do that back-to-back years where you go and get introduced to that new set of clients as an intern, and then you go somewhere else and you have to meet the whole new set of clients. So I definitely... Uh, reap the benefits of, of getting to work with that same group of people and, and that same subset that understood what my communication style was, how I worked with them. And, and I had some equity built up in those, those clients as well with past experiences. So I was extremely fortunate to fall into that situation. I bet. And so Jenna, if you, you know, if you reflect on communication and as, as the biggest challenge, if you were, going to give advice to uh, practice owners that were hiring? A, uh, well, let me, let me back up. So it, what would you give any advice to somebody who's in fourth year right now or doing an internship? What would you tell them to do now to prepare them for their first job as, as a veterinarian? That's a good question. I think what I would say to them is to learn to be a bit resourceful because that will help you from the medicine side of things. So build up a contact list of people that you can call, especially if you're not doing an internship. If you are doing an internship, which I think is a great idea, it's sort of built in. But it's always good to have a list of different people that you can call for different things. And you can kind of like go from one person to the next when you need help, when you're like, I'm looking at this horse and I really don't know what to do. And then I think having that network of people will build your confidence that you can handle whatever you see. And that way you're not going to be going into the situation being feeling totally overwhelmed and totally over your head and not even really sure how to approach it. I think that's the biggest thing that has come to me a few years out of school is the confidence knowing that I can probably figure out how to triage most things that I'm going to walk into in barns. And I definitely didn't have that feeling as an intern. And, and even to some extent as a new, as a, a new associate. And it, I don't think it was the medical skills, but I think the communication was a big part of it, like knowing how to talk to people who are just completely freaking out because the horse is upside down on their back and, and how to talk the people down in the situation so that you can then work on the horse and like use your medical skills that you've spent so long learning. So I think to back up a little bit, have a phone a friend, call us the people that you can call when you need help. And then knowing where to find the answers that you need, like whether it's Google or um, VIN or what have you, the equine vet to vet Facebook group is a good resource. Kind of having all those different things in place that you can go to when you need help as well as calling people. Interesting. Interesting. How about you, Zach? I mean, what would you recommend to young students, people in their internships before they graduate onto their first real big job, what would you give them any kind of advice? Uh, well, I probably have a list at this point in time, but uh, I'll try to narrow it down. No, let's, one go, let's go through it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, circling back a little bit to what uh, Ernie was talking about, you know, it's, it's cliche, but 
people won't always remember what you do, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And I think that's critical to remember in your success and path to success as, a, as an early veterinarian, a young veterinarian, um, that, that you may not always have the answers, like Jenna said, and you're not always going to know a hundred percent of the cases, but, but people always know how it felt to be respected, to be heard, to be understood, you know, and then to, to come around again, some other, other points of it too, where you're, you're going to come across something you don't know and it's okay to not know. Everybody reaches that point at some point. Absolutely have the communication network, like Jenna said, but I would also encourage, you know, new vets that as they're, as they're going into these practices and meeting these clients, when you run into a situation you don't know, start with what you do know. Every one of us knows how to do a physical exam. Every one of us knows how to read vital signs and know what's normal, what's abnormal. So even if you don't know what you're looking at right in front of you, start where you do know and work from there. Um, and then I guess my, my third one, and I'll, I'll cut my list off at that is, is, uh, you know, you, you can always, always strive to under promise, but over deliver. So again, managing those expectations of, of getting that client to, to feel like you have overachieved for what you're, what you're trying to do and what they're expecting you to do. So, you know, if you, if you give a guarded prognosis and you get that horse to walk out of the hospital, then you're, you're doing really well. So that's, those are, don't back yourself into a corner with, with promising great things and a horse that's definitely going to walk out because things don't always go the the way you want them to go. I, I really like that. I, I've never heard that before. And I think that's, that's a great line. Start with what you know. And what a comforting, um, mantra to have an appointment and we as you said we all know how to do a physical exam start with that and just get your comfort with that i think that's a, that's a great take-home message from that ernie what about yourself so you you know what would you recommend to these young uh future vets what what should they be doing to prepare themselves i think we've touched on it quite a bit and we call you know it's called veterinary practice for a reason and there's going to be some bumps in the roads and you're going to make some wrong decisions you're not going to know the answers to some client questions, you're not going to know the answers to some uh, some questions that the person that hired you asks you about cases and stuff. But if you, you know, you learn from getting it wrong or you learn from not knowing the answer, you know, you're that much better off the next time. And it's, uh, we say it's called practice for a reason. You got to just keep getting better, keep learning, keep learning from the different sites that uh, we talked about, from the different resources, keep in touch with your mentors from school. Uh, I'm sure they'd love not only a call back to know how you're doing, but you know, calling them to pick their brain on a case, you know, they'll appreciate that. And then another point is, you know, the internship or even that first year is the new associate, the young person on the totem pole, you might be asked to do a lot of different things or, you know, different tasks that, you know, maybe aren't as, you know, veterinary based as you think they should be, or you're expecting or or thought you were going to have that, you know, the minute you got out of school, but, you know, make sure you keep your eyes open and you see the value and the experience and all those different opportunities and that may those may be the ones that help you build the clientele or build the people skills um, build the interactions you know work on those different things um, just see the value in your different opportunities and if it's you know something you have to do you know 10,000 times which you know right now this time of year for us it's you know holding a lot of radiograph plates for x-rays for the sale yeah it's monotonous tedious repetitive but by the time you're done, you're going to know where the plates go. You're going to know how to tell somebody to hold them so you can get the right views. And that's going to help you build the next time when you have to be the one shooting or when you're overseeing the thing. What's monotonous and tedious now is kind of a building block for 
what you're doing down the road. So, you know, see value in all your opportunities and make the most of them as a new grad, an intern, or a new associate somewhere. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, practice makes perfect. The one thing I see with a lot of young vets is they want to be excellent now, like right out of the gate. And it's a lifetime of experience. And it's it, this is a really humbling profession. And so we're always going to be learning. And so I would agree. Just, you know, slow down, enjoy the most, the, the lessons now, and, and you will learn uh, for sure. Uh, the one thing I've seen, and, I, and, I, and if I was, could tell any young grad or somebody coming out of an internship, is that, you know, you are going to make mistakes. I think, you know, young people, they try so hard to get into vet school and get great marks. And it's just they're so focused on that. And then they, they meet people, they meet clients, they meet other veterinarians who maybe aren't as patient with them as family, friends, teachers, what have you. And that pressure adds up. But you know what? You are going to fail. You're going to make a mistake and you're going to learn from it. Learn from those mistakes and, and, and don't be discouraged that, oh, I'm never going to be a good vet. We, the only way we learn is by making mistakes and, and doing, as you said, doing the, the simple things over and over and over again. Communication and you know, some of these difficulties with the cases or, you know, you don't think you're doing well. I mean, I think that's some important stuff to communicate with your mentors and the other doctors in your practice or those you work with. You know, if you're having trouble dealing with, you know, the last two cases that you saw or, you know, the last two things you got asked to do this week were euthanize X and euthanize this other one over there or another case went bad and you're down in the dumps. It's communication about those cases and those feelings and how those things went. Um, with you know within your team you'll you learn how to deal with those by learning how or talking those cases out with your mentors or your colleagues you know to see how they handled it and you know they'll pick you up and say you know it's not all going to be bad you're going to save some you're going to do better you know it's happened to me too I've been you know just hearing that a lot from another senior doctor you know is enough to you know get the get your chin up and get your back out there so communication about the things that go bad or those learning bumps in the road you know, is important too. Oh, I, I guarantee you, if you ask any, you know, any, if young vet looks up at any practitioner and thinks this person hasn't made, ask them in an unguarded moment some of the bigger mistakes they've made and they'll probably make anything you've done and just seem minuscule because if you do this enough, you see enough horses, you're, you're going to make a mistake, but you're going to learn from it. So uh, Jenna, I have a question for you. And that is, so if you were going to give advice to a practice owner, to a new, you know, and they're hiring a, a young vet, what kind of advice would you give them to help that transition go well? This is a really important thing because I think it can make all the difference in a new associate's satisfaction in a job, depending on how they are presented to clients and how they're introduced to clients. So the one thing is having all of the associates on board, and I don't really know if you can necessarily teach this, but I guess potentially bringing it up in a staff meeting and reminding people before you hire someone new, just to be aware of how they're presenting things to the, like how they're presenting the new grad to the clients. And one of the other vets that I work with here does a fabulous job of talking up the interns to all of our clients. Like she'll have them scan a belly on a colic and say, oh, they scan so many in the clinic with the surgeons and our internists. They do far more than I do. They do a fab, she'll do a much better job than I will. And I think that goes a long way to building right. the client's respect and confidence in, in that particular intern, but all of our interns and in our intern program. And so that, that way the clients are happy to see the interns and they're happy to have them involved in their horse's care. And I think the same can be done 
for the associates. Like if someone is going around with the new vet getting introduced to clients, really, I think you, it's a huge opportunity to really talk that person up. And I think that's really important to do. And then as well, if something happened that maybe didn't go, like say the new associate hire handled something in a way that was different than the client is used to seeing. I think it's really helpful for that client's regular veterinarian to follow up and say, yeah, like it's not how I handle things, but, but honestly it's the newer technique. And I think agree with that and that, that situation like just making it okay to that client I think goes a really really long way to helping so being prepared as a practice to do little things like that makes a huge difference and then to be very very careful to not undermine anything that the new associate does in front of the client and I, I do think that there certainly can be discussion points about how certain things are handled particularly from a communication perspective but first and foremost, having the new associates back in all situations and giving them the benefit of the doubt, particularly if it's a communication-related thing, goes a really, really long way to helping everybody out and to keeping, helping the clients accept a new associate. Because if there's problems with one, it's very easy. The next time someone is hired, the clients are all going to be a little bit like, mm, how's this going to go, and a little bit wary. Mm -hmm. But if you set it up that, if you set it up positively, I think they're much more accepting of it particularly in practices that have been established for a super long time, like the practice I work at in New York. It's really helpful. That's a great tip. That's a really excellent tip. Zach, how about yourself? What advice would you give to practice owners or, or associates uh, as they're welcoming on a new associate? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest thing um, that's definitely influenced me um, and, and had an effect on me in, in my first year and a half now of, of practice is, is checking in and I would encourage anybody that's hiring a new grad to check in with that new grad, that new vet um, often. And, you know, it doesn't have to be every day and it, and it shouldn't just be for the first month or the first two months. Check in at six months, check in at a year. Um, we come from a, a class of people, a group of people that are intensely motivated to succeed, that we have this, this drive to be perfect and to achieve perfection and so we hide any failures any self-conscious moments any times when we feel like we didn't know what we were doing because we want to present that perfect competent front um, and all we all those new graduates need all new graduates need is an opportunity to just talk and check in and say how are things going it doesn't have to be formal you don't have to plan a meeting for it Take time, you know, maybe it's after a colleague surgery where you're sitting there waiting for the colleague to wake up and you just turn to the new graduate and say, how are things going? Spend X amount of months. How are you doing? Are you hanging in there? What can we help you with? And I, that opens so many doors for that new graduate to feel confident in expressing things that have been maybe giving them trouble and can potentially improve what they're doing, not only in their own medicine, but for that practice, for their clients, and are going to make them a much stronger vet going down the road. That, that's great advice. And you said something that I, I really tuned into because I don't want to get too off subject, but I talk to a lot of practice owners, other people who are, you know, my generation, i.e. over the 40, 50, all right, 50. And, you know, they start talking about oh, the younger generation of vets. They're not motivated. They don't try hard. And in my experience, they try super hard. And, and to your point that they're very motivated and they want to be perfect, almost the to the point where it's detrimental to them. But I, I think the newer generation of vets, they are some highly motivated people. Not the same way we were, uh, just different. Not better, not worse, just different. So I'm glad you brought that up. Ernie, your colleagues or other people that are handling new associates, what kind of words of advice would you give them? 
I think you guys both just hit it right on the head, you know, checking in. I think, you know, as a, as a larger group practice here, you know, that's probably important to stress to all of us because sometimes you may think, oh, well, they're with someone else today or there's who's checking in on them. You know, maybe they're talking to so-and-so or somebody else, but you know, it's probably a good reminder for anybody that's kind of a mentor or practice owner to just check in because you may think somebody else is doing it, but maybe it's your job to be doing it. That's a good tip. Yeah, I would echo everything that everybody said. I really think the checking in and taking the time and, uh, you know, I think if you spend the time now to give confidence to a young associate, to guide them, you're going to give somebody a lot of confidence and long term it's going to pay such benefits. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, any last words on this? I think this has been a fantastic discussion and I hope both uh, new vets or soon-to-be vets and practice owners or, or, or senior clinicians will get some great uh, words of advice. Anybody have any last things that we should have talked about that we didn't? Thank you all very much. I appreciate you taking your time out of a busy schedule. This has been a really uh, um, – I've had a lot of smiles on my face listening to the advice, and I'm sure uh, a lot of young vets are, are, are really going to find this an interesting podcast. So thank you all very much.